The previous couple of Mishnayas introduced a couple of cases where if a tragedy befalls a particular community or a particular city, not only does that city need to fast and daven out to Hashem, but the surrounding cities also need to do so. This Mishnah now adds, For the following scenarios, we blow the shofar in every single place, even if it is not right next to that city. Any city which hears about this tragedy, they need to decree a fast on the community and blow the shofar. And the main reason for this is that these things can travel very easily and quickly. So it might be true that the danger is only there at the moment, but it can travel all the way to this city which heard about it, and so it is a danger even for this city. Alashidofain, for very strong winds which can cause the produce and the crop to get destroyed or to become very dry. Valihirokain, this is some sort of disease in the crops which causes them to become very pale and worse quality. Alarbevalechosil, different types of locusts. If there's a plague of locusts which is destroying the crop, again that can travel very easily. Valchayara, and for wild animals, if wild animals start appearing even out in the open during the daytime, so that's a sign that these animals are not afraid of the human beings as they usually are, and it can be very dangerous if there are wild animals roaming about in the open during the middle of the day. And finally, for the sword, meaning if there is an enemy army in the city, even if it's not coming to attack that city, let's say it's going through this city in order to reach a different city, even then the city would need to fast and blow the shofar, and any city which hears about this, or hears about an approaching army, even if it's not approaching them, they need to daven fast and blow the shofar, since this could very easily lead to a danger for that city as well. So for all these things, they would blow the shofar over it, because it is a plague or it's a danger which can travel very easily, and therefore poses a threat even to these other cities. Mishnevov, these previous halachas are illustrated in a story now. There was a story which once happened that the elders, the Tamidich HaChomim, who were members of the Sanhedrin, which was the major basin in Yerushalayim by the Beis HaMikdash, so the members of the Sanhedrin went down to their cities, whichever city each member lived in, or came from, so all of the members of the Sanhedrin travelled to their various cities, the Gozrutanis, in order that they would decree a fast, and tell everybody about this fast which they are decreeing, al over the fact that there was grain which was destroyed by the strong winds in Ashkelon, and the amount of crop which had been destroyed by these strong winds was only enough grain to produce bread which was the size of the opening of an oven. So just one large loaf of bread, the amount of grain which it would take to make that amount of bread, only that amount of grain had been destroyed by these strong winds, and even though it was a tiny amount, the Sanhedrin nevertheless decreed a fast on everybody, even those who are not close to Ashkelon, because as we learned in the previous Mishnah, this is something which can spread very easily and quickly. One of the other things on the list in the previous Mishnah was wild animals. And so the Mishnah brings a story to support this. They also decreed a fast when wolves ate two babies, two children, on the other side of the Yardain. This is a big tragedy, but that's not enough of a reason to decree a fast everywhere. The reason why they decreed the fast everywhere when that happened is because wild animals were seen. Even if they wouldn't have eaten the babies, that would still have been a reason to decree a fast on everybody, because this can spread very easily, and indeed Rabbi Yossi says that actually in the story which the Mishnah just cited, they didn't decree the fast because they ate the babies, 
because in fact they didn't eat the babies. It's only that wolves were seen, and because of that they decreed a fast. Many understand that Rabbi Yaisi and the Chacham are not actually arguing about the Halacha. As we explained, everybody agrees that just seeing the wild animals is enough of a reason to decree a fast. Rabbi Yaisi and the Chacham are just arguing about what exactly happened in the story. Mishazayin, the Halacha is that in general it is forbidden to cry out to Hashem and to request things from Hashem and plea for help on Shabbos or Yom Tov. These are days of rest, it's supposed to be more of a focus on spiritual pursuits, and so in general it's forbidden to ask for things on Shabbos. However, if it's an emergency, then it's permitted, and that is the focus of this Mishnah, Elu Masri in Shabbos. For the following things, we can cry out to Hashem even on Shabbos. Although Masriin in general refers to blowing the shofar, in this case this only refers to actually crying out to Hashem, davening to Hashem, because the shofar certainly cannot be blown on Shabbos. Firstly, al goyim, a city which is being surrounded by a non-Jewish army, if a city is under siege, a nohor, if it's being surrounded by a river, if there's a danger of a flood, if there is a ship, which is being sort of torn apart in the sea, if there's a big storm, and there's a serious danger of this ship capsizing, so people who hear about this can and should cry out in prayer on Shabbos itself. Now interestingly, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Ezra, it is permitted to cry out for help, to try and gather as many people as you can, perhaps, and to really just cry for help in order to save the lives of these people. This is certainly permitted, because this is a matter of life and death. However, the Loilitz Okoy is still forbidden to cry out to Hashem in request, since we are not certain that Hashem will answer our tefillahs in this case. And so it is not permitted to request things from Hashem. The only thing we can do is to cry out for other people to help and to do what we can to save these people's lives. Now Shimon HaTimni adds another danger onto the list. Shimon HaTimni says, Even for a disease, a plague of people dying, that is also a reason to be able to request things from Hashem, since it is also considered to be an emergency on Shabbos. For every trouble and distressing situation which occurs to a community, although the Mishnah literally means which does not occur to a community, that's because when talking about bad things, it is the style of the Mishnah and the Gemara to talk about it in the negative, as if it wouldn't happen. We're discussing a troubling situation which occurs to a community. We would blow the shofar over them, we would fast, as we have seen over the past couple of parakim. Chutz, except for Meirov Kishomim for too much rain, if there is an abundance of rain, then we do not fast and daven to Hashem for it to stop. Since rain is essentially a good thing, and something which we need, and something which we daven for, it's not appropriate to daven for rain, and then to ask Hashem to stop the rain from coming. And the mission now brings the very famous story of Chayni HaMagel. The reason why he was called Chayni HaMagel is because of this story where he draws a circle around him, as we're going to see. Ma'agel means somebody who makes a circle, and he received this name from the following story. There was a story that once happened that people told his pals Davan prayed to Hashem that rain will come down. It was already a few months into the winter, and they were waiting for rain. This story occurred in the month of Adar, so it's really even towards the end of the winter and they really needed rain, so they went to Chonim Agel and asked him to daven for rain. He said to them, go out, bring in the ovens for the Korbanos Pesach. The ovens were always kept in the Chotzer. In a courtyard, people in those days would have a house. Outside of the house would be a courtyard, into which many different houses would open up. 
And in general, the ovens were kept in the courtyards. Now, because it was the month of Adar, people were making new ovens to use on Pesach, particularly to roast their Korban Pesach. And because these ovens were made out of clay, and it was a new oven, they had to wait a few days for the clay to dry. Now, the clay had not yet dried for many of these ovens, and Sochenim Agil told them to bring in the ovens inside to their houses, so that they will not dissolve and be washed away in the rain. He was confident that his davening would be answered, that he warned them to bring in everything from outside so that it wouldn't be damaged by the rain. His palel, he davened Hashem for the rain, but rain did not come down. So Me'osa, what did he do? Og Uga, he drew a circle on the ground, and he stood inside the circle, and he said in front of him, in front of Hashem, Master of the world, your children placed their face. They turned to me and asked me to daven to you. Because I am like a member of your household. I spend such a lot of time davening to Hashem. And so that's why they put their faith in my davening that I should ask you Hashem for rain. I swear by your great name, that I am not moving from here, from inside the circle, until you have mercy on your children. Until you bring rain and answer our tefillas, our prayers, I am not going to move from the circle. And once he said that, his rain began to drop down very slowly, small droplets of rain, but nothing really major. Omar, said to Hashem, that's not what I asked for. But for rain which will fill up the pits and the square pits and the caves full of water, as we learned earlier on in the Masechta, if enough rain comes, let's say, for the crops, for the produce to grow, but not enough to fill up the pits with water, that in itself is a reason to fast. So Chenim Agha was saying that that's not enough. And so when he said that, his chilu leyed bizaf, rain began coming down with anger. Very strong and large drops of rain came pouring down, and Omar Chenim Agha said to Hashem, that's not what I asked for. But for rain, which is a sign of rotson, that Hashem wants it, a sign of blessing, a sign of a gift, rain which is beneficial for everything. And at that point, Yordu Kesiknan, rain came down in a regular way, not too lightly, not too strongly, but they continued to do so, and the rain wasn't stopping. Until the Jews went up, they went out from Yerushalayim to Harabayis, to the mountain on which the Beis Hamikdash stood, that was a higher point in Yerushalayim, and there was water continuing to come down, and so they wanted to get to a higher place to sort of escape the rain. Because of the rain, which wasn't stopping. They came and they said to him, Just like you davened about the rain that it should come down, so too now you should daven that the rain should go away. You daven so much to Hashem to bring down the rain in exactly the right amount, the, the right strength. So now daven to Hashem for the rain to stop. He said to them, Go out and check if the stone of people who had things missing has dissolved and been washed away. The Ebenatoyim was a large stone which was in a relatively high place and if somebody found a lost item he would go to that large stone and he would announce that over there and people would know that if they lost something then they should go to this large stone where people who had found items would announce it over there. And then if the person who lost the item can identify it and prove that it is his then he will be able to get the item back. 
Now this large stone was very large and it was in a high place and it wouldn't be washed away. And so what Khayna Maga was telling them is that as much as I can daven for rain to come down is not appropriate to daven for it to stop totally. Because at the end of the day, it's a bracha, it's a blessing. And the rain which is coming down is the right sort of rain. It's true there might be a bit too much now, but it is nevertheless not appropriate to daven Tashem for him to stop bringing down this blessing. Now after this story occurred, Sholoch Yishim ben Shetach. Shim ben Shetach sent a message to Chaynim Agel and he said, Il Were it not for the fact that you are Chayni, that you are who you are, I would have decreed a ban upon you. A nidui is a certain type of ban where people are not allowed to have contact with this person. And Shem ben Shetach was sort of rebuking Chaynim Agel for the way that he davened Hashem for the rain. Telling Hashem that I'm not going to move from here until you answer us. And that's not what I asked for, etc. Shem ben Shetach felt that it wasn't an appropriate way to daven to Hashem. But he continued to say, but what can I do to you? Because you make yourself like a young child in front of Hashem. Mishate is an Aramaic word for becoming a young child, making oneself like a young child. And he does what you want for you. Like a child who is a young child asking requests from his father, and his father does whatever he wants. Because as we can see, Hashem at the end of the day did answer your davening. And about you, about people like you, the Pasuk says, Your father and mother will rejoice over you, and the one who gave birth to you will be full of joy. Because as much as it seems a bit inappropriate to us that you daven like that, at the end of the day, Hashem answered your prayers and clearly is not displeased with you.